Hello and welcome to this new installment of the Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. And if my body doesn't break down from two days of putting together a she shed for my wife, we'll make it through it somehow. But uh, here we are. We got the final dog day is a couple of weeks before training camp for the Vikes. And Mark Craig is back here to help us talk through it. Mark's from the Star Tribune, startribune.com, longtime NFL insider. And uh, he's also a, a Hall of Fame elector. Uh, for uh has a vote to who goes into the nf or the pro football hall of fame and one of the biggest news items this past week for us old farts that uh used to watch the the vikings back in the day back before you got here mark in minnesota that was when the days were great in minnesota before you got here and i brought brought the whole state down huh (laughs) but back too much orange orange. (laughs) jim marshall made it to the uh, he, he's a he's a senior semifinalist, one of the last the final twenty five to make it as a senior member, and uh, I you know we're all excited about it because you know I grew up watching him and and he was he as you know you well know Mark he's he's one of the first Iron Men in the league. One of uh, Bud Grant and I used to talk about health, and I suppose this is the first time we're going to mention health. Uh, uh, Jim was always available and that's, was always a big deal for Bud Grant. And I mean, he played every game, you know, he had his first year in Cleveland and then he came to the Vikings and, uh, wasn't surpassed as an Ironman until Brett Favre came, came past. And he also set that record for the Vikings too. So they have, we got a lot of old guys around here. So that makes it okay for you and I to talk about this, you know, cause we're old and we can, anyway, Mark, what do you think of this news? And, uh, what can you tell us about it? Well, it's, it's. I guess it's news in the sense that the that the Hall of Fame's kind of taking the NFL's uh, lead and trying to stay in the news all the time because uh, you know Jim's been considered before. I mean, yep. they're just now getting into the hey, we're announcing twenty five guys that we're going to consider on July twenty seventh. That twenty five goes down to twelve. Uh, I'm not on the senior committee, okay. so the senior committee you know present gets the twenty five together, then they cut it to twelve. Then this year, one good thing that could help a guy like Jim maybe is now there's they're going to present three for the first time ever three senior finalists to the entire committee, and generally, with very few exception, when uh, the senior committee does all of its due diligence and they bring in um, contemporaries of these guys and they talk about it, you know, Hall of Famers who are contemporaries of these players uh, that have finished their careers, you know, 25 or more years ago. Um, but when they get presented to the full committee, we generally, uh, you know, vote yes on them. So, uh, there's a chain, you know, there's three, instead of some years there were one, there was only one. And I think there was a, some years where there were only two. Uh, so now there's three. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, Jim, I, I think there is a place in the hall of fame for Jim Marshall. And I, and I've talked to Jim and his wife and, you know, we, I've, I've talked, I've helped or tried to help the Vikings and, um, and sat down with Bud Grant and, and cause to me, it was like, uh, if you're going to present his case, the best case for Jim Marshall, you know, if you're trying to work the back channels and everything is to come from Bud Grant. Cause Bud Grant is, is Bud Grant. And he's, you know, what he's not going to like make up things or try to, you know, he says what he believes. 
And I can use the Sid Partman approach and go in there and yell at everybody. Yeah, or just yell at everybody and uh, tell them that they need to vote for them if they're, um, or there are certain things. Um, so they we've they've they've done that, and uh, a big disappointment I think uh, in for Jim's case was when they had the Centennial Committee, and they had uh, you know they opened it up for nineteen twenty slots or whatever it was, and that was that was a, that was a special blue ribbon committee that uh, the the selection committee for the first time ever didn't didn't vote on those those guys that went in for the Centennial class um, special Centennial class. So you had this gigantic field of opportunities and that's a, that blue ribbon committee was made up of guys. Uh, you know, there are some of the selectors on the committee, the, some of the more senior ones, believe it or not, Joe, I'm a young gun in this, in the scene, in the uh, hall of fame selection committee. I, it. I might be one of the, one of the younger guys probably. Um, but yet some of them, you had, you had Bill Belichick, who's a, not only the greatest coach ever, but he's the, uh, historian of football. So he was on that committee and Jim didn't get selected in that process. And I, that's where I was kind of hoping that he would, or I was hoping that he would get in at that point. Uh, what hurts Jim is um, he, he never made an all pro team. Uh, he was on a T he's on, he played defense on a team that didn't win a championship. That's still a tough road to hoe for guys. Uh, even now when you're seeing more people get in, even going um, for Super Bowls, does it mitigate some of that? Well, no. I mean, it's obviously hasn't helped him. You know, yeah. the fact that the Vikings had, you know, some of their worst performances in the Super Bowl was it, it took a long time for even the uh, uh, Bud Grant to get in or, uh, you know, Fran Tarkenton, when he retired, he owned all the passing records. He, he, got, he got in on his third year. Is that what it is? Um, numbers is numbers more important. I mean, I mean, obviously Super Bowl championships because people get to see you, but if you got the numbers, they can look at your numbers when they don't see you in the big game, and that helps you. Is that is that? Yeah, I, I can't speak for how they were doing it back in the day. I know it was it, for a long time it was an AFC NFC thing, and there was a lot of people dug in on both sides. Of, yeah. Probably a more contentious room than it was than it is now, because um, I've heard stories about what it was like. Um, you know, you hear it said a lot. You know, there's certain guys in there. He's he's in the hall of very good. You know, um, and you hear people say that about Jim. Um, what I don't like about this whole process, a that a guy kind of has to be dragged through it. And um, you know, Jim Jim Marshall was last year is 1979, and mm -hmm. you know he's eligible for the first time in 1985, and and now here we are. Out, you know, all these years later. It's still a thing. It's uh, it, it doesn't. I don't like when it when people think you're either a Hall of Famer or you're garbage. You know, it's you know Jim Marshall. There's nothing that's changed since he retired. He's was a fantastic player, whether he's in the Hall of Fame or not. He will be remembered forever. Um, as you know, he was uh, as Bud Grant has said, told me, told the selectors, and told everybody when he got to Minnesota. He was a young coach um, that. If he didn't have buy-in from two players, he never would have been. He never would have become Bud Grant in, in the NFL sense. Uh, and one was uh, Mick Tinglehoff, who finally got in the Hall of Fame a uh, handful of years back. Uh, unfortunately, when Mick was already in the grips of Alzheimer's at the time, really didn't wasn't fully aware of what was going on. That's unfortunate. And and Jim Jim Marshall. I mean, Jim Marshall was the as. Bud says the extrovert, the, the leader that was the extrovert. Mick was more of the quiet leader. 
Um, and there's stories, you know, I, I really liked sitting down and talking with Jim and, um, and Bud and, and, and I didn't get really to talk much with Mick. Uh, I did talk to him, but more with, uh, some people around him and he, 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 he could remember things like milk and cows in Nebraska in the forties or whatever, but he couldn't remember what you just said two minutes ago. Um, but like there was a time where Bud early in his career uh, was did had the players doing something and like the players were going, you know, that's Mickey Mouse, that's BS, that's not a Jim Marshall took the team by, you know, in his, in his fist and said, you know, we're doing this and even kind of started joking, singing Mickey Mouse, you know, the, the, the old Mickey Mouse Club song and um, got everybody to buy in. And on top of that, Jim was, you know, was a fantastic player and um, didn't you know, the, the all pros have, is uh, is a block that's been in his way. Um, but he, you know, just there every week, uh, and, and, you know, talking to him, he, he would have kept, he would have gone back to the Vikings in 1980 had he not had that plane crash. Right. I don't know if people remember that he, he built his own plane. He was flying it around somewhere in Richfield ultralight or, or one of those things. Yeah. One of those ultralight things. And, uh, I mean, the, the man had lived a fascinating life, it, uh, has lived a fascinating life. And, um, you know, he crashed and he went to put his arm down and he broke his arm. You know, you could still see the the scars and everything he's like i was gonna go back to you know i was gonna go back in 80 you know so he would have played a 20 but he just kept playing uh but the iron man thing the fact that he was the leader the face of a team that made four of the first 11 super bowls i believe that there's a place in the hall of fame for uh do you think he he uh uh gets blamed for not blame, but he doesn't get the attention because he was on such a great defensive front, you know, the purple fame, purple people eaters with Alan page, uh, Carl Eller, Gary Larson and him. And the page and Eller are already in the hall of fame. And maybe Marshall didn't have the sack numbers or whatever it is that might help him nowadays, but he was, you know, he was always there. He certainly had his, his sacks and ta- tackles and he was just, there in all those games. So I know he's got to have somewhat decent. I mean, do you think that helps him that maybe people think, oh, he's drafting off these better guys, you know, and not uh, that good a player himself? Well, you know, I don't, I'm not sure what people, what they're thinking, but uh, I'll give you a good example. Because I was like, when people talk, if I had a, you know, if we had a nickel for every time someone said it's a travesty that fill in the blank isn't in the Hall of Fame, I mean, you hear it about so many players. Yeah. Um, not, not saying Jim doesn't deserve to be in, but a good example, you you mentioned, okay, uh, L.C. Greenwood. I'm sure you remember L.C. Greenwood, Steelers defensive end that was yep. a great player. Um, he's not in the Hall of Fame. You, people could say the same thing that, yeah. Now look at the, the entire Steelers defense might be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, you got uh, uh, Mel Blunt and you got <laughs> Lambert and Ham and, and uh, Green. Joe, Gr- Joe Green, who might be the top two or three defensive players I've ever seen in my lifetime. Um, you got all those guys around him. And L.C. Greenwood is is in that group of like a Jim Marshall. L.C. Greenwood had, was first team All Pro twice. You know, Jim would never made first team All Pro, so you, you would have people in Pittsburgh saying, you know, why isn't an L.C. Greenwood in? And they would have a an argument as well. And, and they could, you know, you could see where they might have an argument on over top of uh, Jim Marshall. So. Mark- Oh, go ahead. I was just, I'm just say, saying, I'm just saying that if you, if you broaden out your horizon and look past your team that you're looking at, uh, I know it's hard to do because a guy like a guy in the hall of fame couldn't do that. Ter- Terrell Owens couldn't do that. He couldn't, he couldn't think, you know, he, he had to be in on the first ballot or it didn't mean anything to him. And he didn't go. That's absurd. Is does the criteria change from when you go to your 
regular eligibility to the senior division? Or is it the same? And or, or do they soften up a little bit? Hey, we should get this guy in here and maybe they learn something else or they hear more people now on Twitter or everywhere else that he should be in there. How come he's not in there? You know, is it, do you think it no, well, changes a little bit? Well, it, it does. It, you know, it gets infinitely harder because you fall into a bigger pool of guys that have fallen through the cracks mm-hmm. are, and now you're down in, you're down in a, a, a pit with people like Clay, uh, Clay Matthews. There was an argument made at Clay, the original, or well, not the original, but the Clay Matthews that played for Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, he, he became, well, no, he has his, Grandfather or father I'll played in right. NFL as well. Uh, so Clay, one of the numbers, uh, uh, was you know made the final ten, I believe, last year. Uh, it was his last year of eligibility before he became a senior committee, and he got extra kind of I think credit for like, hey, it's his last chance. Maybe we should vote on him up or down. Um, so he kind of made it to that stage, but now he's down with the seniors. So this gigantic pool of players, and typically it's only been one or two that get presented to the committee a year. Well, now it's three, but still, if you look at the names that's on there, um, you know, Jim Marshall uh, and people like him are fighting to get three spots, you know, that are, um, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough yeah. once you get to the senior committee. I mean, there's guys that get, that have been put in the senior committee that a lot of them are, are, have passed away. You know, Ken Stabler, you know, yeah. Ken, can you imagine Ken Stabler at the selection committee or at the, um, uh, enshrinement and how cool it would have been to see him enjoy. It. Uh, instead, no, it's his it's his family. You know? I w- yeah, I so so it's like you know it's it's you know uh, Bob Hayes uh, guys that have passed away guys uh, uh, you know played in 30, 40, 50 years ago. Uh, you just hate that they don't get to enjoy it if if they're going to go in. You know you hate to see them go in after they're they're they've passed away. Yeah, and you said you mentioned that uh, a lot of other – it's a bigger pool. There's a lot of people, and there's fact. One on the Vikings that, you know, uh, that a lot of folks around here would love to see in, and Chuck Foreman, uh, Bob Sansevier, formerly of the Planet Press and the Star Tribune, who covered the Vikings for many years, is is beating that drum. And, and uh, he tweeted this the other day. He says, hey, pro, fo- pro Football Hall of Fame voters, it's great that Jim Marshall made the senior cut to 25 – but when you recognize the gross oversight of not voting in Chuck Foreman, a fullback who had more career receptions than Hall of Famer wideout Lynn Swan uh, and played one last season. So, you know, yeah, you, know, you look at those numbers. And I, and I could, you know, you look when Chuck Foreman was part of an offense that really re- revolutionized the game. You know, it was the precursor to uh, Walsh's, uh, uh, what the heck they call that, offense. West like Coast. That. Thank West you. Coast offense. You know, it, it, maybe they were referring to the West Coast of, of Minnesota. I'm not sure. But uh, Chuck, there, there is an argument to me made for him at at least getting some attention someday. And I suspect you won't see that happen until they do get someone like uh, Marshall in ahead of him because he's – I don't know. What, what are you as – as uh, I mean, this is not your role. You're not on the senior committee. You just get to vote on the final, as I understand that. Is that correct? Is that is that how you right. do it? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. That, right. What, what do you think about Chuck down the road? Does he have a chance at some point or are we just whistling Dixie or whatever? Well, yeah. I mean, that's, again, that's another one of those travesties of justice. Uh, I, I can see where people are coming from, especially as you see more uh, players with shorter careers. You know, um, Chuck had six productive years, um, one down year with the Vikings where he just got older. And then he went to New England and played when he was 30 and had nothing. He had like 23 carries. So a shorter career, 
Um, but as you see guys get in with shorter careers, you're seeing that. Uh, yeah. You're seeing more of like, hey, what about this guy? What about Chuck? What about uh, people say, what about Matt Blair? What about, uh, you know, yeah. fill in the blank? But, you know, I would say Jim is the big one and and probably then it's Chuck. And then I've heard Matt Blair you know? or and uh, also. Um, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank on the name, but the cornerback. Uh, oh, Bobby Bryant or uh, no. Uh, but but anyways, uh, you know, there's Joey people you know, and he was. Joey Browner was a, uh, and I actually put his name back in the hopper a few times because you can, you know, if they fall out without not so many votes and stuff like that, uh, you, you know, selectors can put them back in, which is not a big deal, but I'd like to see them at least be put back into the process. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, so uh, for me, it's, you just look at it, the fact that it's, it's tough. It's tough for all these guys. But like a Chuck Chuck Foreman, yeah. If if Chuck, um, you know, Chuck was a one-time All-Pro, so he's got one more All-Pro than uh, than Jim. Uh, five Pro Bowls. You know, Jim had two Pro Bowls. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, he, uh, Chuck in nineteen seventy-five was like fourth in the MVP voting. He had a thousand-yard season and he led the league in receptions with seventy-three. Wow. So, in, in a perfect world, if you want, if you could go back and rewrite history, they win those Super Bowls. You know, Chuck Foreman's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he'd be in the Hall of Fame if, if, if because yeah. it would be that offense was a pre, was a precursor to the West Coast offense. You know, and they did a lot of that. You know, um, uh, Bernsey did a lot of that stuff uh, a decade earlier. They just didn't win and be, and make it become the you know North Coast or what you know whatever you want the Mosquito offense or whatever whatever it could have been called. Um, but you know. The thing with Lynn Swan, you know, Lynn Swan, obviously, you know, you win four, you play on, you play on the team of the decade, and you're, yeah. <laughs> you, you're, you're catch, I mean, yeah, he didn't, he, he, his numbers, his numbers are ridiculously low in today's world, but that's where the eyeball test comes in. Lynn Swan was one of the greatest receivers at a time on when the NFL was most of his career, where the NFL was uh, favored, didn't favor the offenses. But he helped change that. I mean, the way uh, their their defense changed the NFL in 1978, whenever they opened up uh, the passing mm-hmm. game. So uh, his numbers aren't as aren't are, are small compared to what you see now. Uh, but the guy, you know, averages 16 yards a catch, 51 touchdowns. Uh, again, it's not those aren't those aren't those aren't lights out numbers. But you got to look at the fact they won four Super Bowls, and he was who he was, and well, point um, is, it's not that Lynn doesn't deserve to be in there. It's that Chuck does. And, and I'm sure you know that. You must hear people like me asking these questions all the time and say, hey, what about this guy? What about that guy? One, one last question on this, not to bust on you too much, but is what's the mentality? Is it is it you guys as a, selectors want to make sure that everybody that should be is in there? Or do you think of it as a exclusive club that only the best of the best, or is there, is am I well, it is. I mean, it should be the best of the best. I, I know I don't, <clears throat> um, that's what, that's what the, the attempt is to do. I think is to be, have it be the best of the best. You don't, um, you know, you're seeing hall of famers now. Uh, I just, I did a, um, a radio interview with, uh, someone in Jacksonville and Bruce Smith had just popped off about, um, about Tony Bozzelli getting in and saying that it was basically a travesty that he got in. 
Uh, he got in on the on the basis of like a, a, a playoff game that they had against the Bills where he dominated uh, Bruce Smith. So and, he, and Deion Sanders in the past, you know, there was a year where he came out and said, "Oh, this is they're letting everybody in." Right. So you're seeing you're seeing Hall of Famers say this now. Um, you know, my thing is you want it to be the best. It, it's supposed to be the best of the best. And uh, what I, I don't make the rules. I, we just follow the rules. We vote up or down yep. or, you know, we vote to cut from, you know, the, the giant field to the uh, 25 to 15. And then when we get it, we get in the meetings, whether it's virtual or in person, we go from 15 to 10 to, to five. And then you, then that's when you vote yes or no. So the, the amazing thing is we don't vote yes or no on all these guys. We, we only vote yes or no when we get down to the final five modern era guys. So uh, a guy like Jim Marshall's never been voted on, uh, been considered. But I just have some other names here like, okay, so the, Jim is part of a class of 25. Uh, there's Ken Anderson's in this class. I mean, you could say Ken Anderson was is a guy that's like in Cincinnati. They've been talking about him for years as a hall, potential Hall of Famer. Uh, but he I'll just go by. Only two lost Super Bowls. Though. Yeah. So, yeah. So maybe that's better, right? Uh, Roger Craig is a guy. If you want to talk about Chuck Foreman, yeah. uh, and I and I, I, you know, I would support Chuck Foreman's case if 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 that came up, you know, for sure. But you could look at Roger Craig. Granted, you know, he he came in, he won the Super Bowls on a similar type offense. With he obviously had a you know played with a, a a team of the decades. But you know, he was the first player to have a thousand yards receiving and rushing in the same season, and he, he was just the eyeball test. He was a great player. And he's not in the Hall of Fame. So yeah. you, if Chuck Foreman's not in the Hall of Fame, if Roger Craig's not, you know, this is where it gets to be like, you know, it, it's not, it seems like baseball. You hit a certain number on a certain, you know, whether it's home runs or whatever, you're in, you know. it's Football's not like that. And uh, here's a guy, Laverne Dillwig. Have you, did you watch him in, uh, growing up in the 20, 20, 1926 to 34? Did you watch him? I did. He's a uh, – uh, he, he was first team all pro five times with your Green Bay Packers. Um, even Chris Hinton, who I wouldn't think of as a Hall of Famer, he's an offensive lineman, he was two time first team all pro. Uh, Chuck Howley, MVP of Super Bowl six. You probably do remember watching that one. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, but that's, that's, uh, I remember Super Bowl seven. Um, oh, <laughs> he, 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 was a, he was a Super Bowl MVP. Five-time first-team All-Pro. He's not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, Mike Ken is a guy that uh, t- played tackle for the, uh, the Falcons, two-time first-team All-Pro. And I'll just mention one more. Uh, Tommy Nobis, uh, linebacker. For, he's like Mr. Atlanta. People in Atlanta have been talking about Tommy for – he was like the original Falcon. He was a uh, selected first-team All-Pro uh, a uh, handful, a couple times, and it was he was on the NFL's team of the de- of the 1960s, the All Decade team of the 60s. Um, and I'm not arguing against Jim Marshall. I'm just saying Jim was not on the team of the decade uh, in the 60s. So, I guess what I'm trying to say is, it's like I think there's a spot for Jim Marshall in the Hall of Fame, but here is what they're up against uh, yeah. when it, when it comes to like, oh, you guys are a bunch of morons. You haven't put this guy in. You're, you know, it's and that comes from everybody. That comes from friggin' guys like T.O. You know, you put him in the Hall of Fame, and then you get you get attacked by him. Uh, so it's just it's a weird, weird uh, format. Like, and do you like doing it? I, 
you know, I, yeah, I like, I enjoy doing it. I, I, I like the history of the, the NFL. I, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like doing it. It's, uh, if they, you know, people say, well, you know, you, you people need to open it up to more. That's fine. Go ahead do it. Open it up to more people. Put Bill Belichick on the committee. Uh, we did, they, they have put Hall of, now put Hall of Famers inside yeah. that room. And I will say that is a wonderful addition to have, uh, to have Tony to bounce things off of, you know, Tony's, you know, commenting on guys that he coached handfuls of guys that he coached um, and trying to be, I uh, can't say what what's said in these rooms, but, you know, he's trying to be, uh, you know, uh, objective about it on guys that are his, his players, his friends. Um, you, you, you know, and you have these other guys that Dan Fouts is in there. James Lofton is in there. Um you know that those guys are invaluable to have. Bill Polian is in there. He, Bill and Tony are invaluable to have in that room to talk to to talk through things because when they talk, there's so much more weight to their voice. And so, yeah, if you can find guys, if you can find actual Hall of Famers that are serious enough about it, follow the game enough like they do still, who will cut, take the time to do it? Because there's been other guys that have been asked to do it and said no. I could give you some names, but I'm uh, I, I yeah. you know. I can't, but, but, you know, they know, you know, and they, they don't want to do it because they don't want to piss anyone off or you get the guy or you get the guys who's sitting on NFL network and, and whenever they, you know, they, they was cut, they're like, you know, all oh, those idiots, they should have put that guy and they should, you know, they should put them all in, you know, so I'm, I'll, I'll play by whatever rules they, they want to play by it and do it as long as I'm doing it. Cause it's fun. I, I enjoy it. Well, the good thing we got going for us and Jim Marshall is that, Played his first year in Cleveland, and Mark's from Cleveland, so you're gonna you're gonna do your best, just like you got Chris Carter and that old Ohio State guy. So, well, you know, he he had one good year, nineteen eh, okay years, one good year in Cleveland. Paul Brown, you know, uh, I'm sure he, I'm sure what Paul Brown got was amazing. So, yeah. Anyway, we'll let Mark take off his uh, his uh, Hall of Fame elect- selector hat, and uh, we'll take a quick break here and come back. Um, but that's great information, Mark. Sure, appreciate it. Everybody else, come on back. We got some more Vikings to talk about at Vikings Territory Breakdown. All right, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown podcast with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune and myself, Joe Oberly from well, Mars. Where are you from, Mars? Yeah, that's yeah. a good question. Um, I just wonder this is the time to do some random questions, random purple questions with Mark Craig and just fire out some stuff about the the current Vikings. We got done talking about the, the older Vikings, but the new ones are infinitely more interesting maybe uh, because uh, they're the here and the now. So Mark, I just got a few questions I want to ask you and give me quick hitters. Uh, do you think that uh, Kane, what the heck's his last name? Nwangu? Nwangu. That's my Sid Hartman pronunciation of the week. Uh, do you think he steps up and maybe gets gets more playing time from Alexander Madison, or does he remain the third RB and the, uh, an exciting return man? I mean, is is, is something going to happen? With well, are we going to see a little bit more of him because he he had flashes and he excites the team. And so then, as soon as a, a fan sees that, you want to see more of him. But you know, it's probably more involved. What do, what do you think about that that little camp? Camp competition. So, when fans want to see more of him, do they want to see less of Dalvin Cook? Is that is that there's only one football? Uh, No, I don't think he'll pass uh, Madison. I but I do think that um, 
we are going to see more more of him you know, than we saw last year. Um, I just think that it'll be more of a three-back thing to, to keep Dalvin fresh. Dalvin's getting another year older, got yeah. you know however many carries last year. Madison is still a fantastic backup, and this guy is incredible. And the fastest guy of the three is Kane. So I think you'll see more, but you're not going to see him become a number two. Okay. There it is, folks. So we can just put that aside and have to worry about it. Mark Craig says, yeah, it's, uh, "Don't ask O'Con- don't ask O'Connell any of this stuff. Just you know, come to me, Joe." <laughs> um, we've only mel- mentioned health once, um, and we. So I'll just uh, well, let me ask it this way first. Uh, no, I'm going to go this way. You're going to use your second time out, right? You're going to use your your next. You only get three health. I know, and I, and I, this is this is number two, so I, I better better be careful. How many games are you projecting for Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith to play? Because they both come in, um, you know, off of significant injuries, and they're a little bit getting a little bit older, and they're huge to the importance of this defense. Do you think that they're going to platoon them and try to keep them uh, healthy, just like you were talking about with, uh, uh, or or you know, uh, suggesting they do with? Uh, Dalvin Cook, what do you what do you see? Uh, I know you I know I know you can't tell. I mean, injuries happen. You can't tell us. But how do you think th- those two guys' season's going to happen? Because it's I think you know it, if they go down, this defense is going to struggle much like last year. If you ask me. Well, yeah, I think for a running back, you can you can cut their percentage of snaps down. You almost have to in the NFL because that's they just get they get too uh, too beat up, and uh, so you yeah they'll they'll try and you know rotate Daniil and uh, Zadarius, but their percentage of snaps will be higher than, than say, a Dalvin Cooks. I'm going to say that I'm going to, you know, the football gods owe Daniil Hunter <laughs> big time. Yeah. So yeah. I have a feeling Daniil Hunter is going to play every game this year. I'm going to say that. I'll go on record as that. Nice. Means, it means absolutely nothing, but I'll say it. <laughs> um, Zad- Zadarius is a little bit older. I think he'll – you know, he'll have some dings and stuff. Uh, I'm going to put him at 13 games for some reason. Okay. Well, we, we, uh, that's pretty good with considering how important those guys are. Exactly. And in our, uh, the Vikings history in the past with bringing, bringing over former Packers is pretty good from D- Brett, uh, Darren Clark, Darren Clark. What's it? What's no Darren Sharper. Uh, Brett Favre, Ryan Longwell all performed really well. Even uh, uh, Greg, what was the receiver's name that came over? Jennings. Greg Jennings. He he played pretty good, but they've all mm-hmm. they've all had some left in the tank. So if we can get that kind of uh, performance out of Zadarius Smith, boy, that that will be a, make for a fun season. And we should know, cross our fingers, that uh, Zadarius makes that opening opening game tilt uh, against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, it might see him run wild in that in that game. So what do you think? What do you think of him? Well, I guess you've already said what, what you think he's going to get 13 games, but that's what I'd like to see out of him. You know, get a, get a lot of production and, and just stick it to the Green Bay Packers. Or even if we you know who are probably crying for that guy, you said in the last segment that should be in the hall of fame. What was his name from 1927? Oh yeah. Come on. Laverne Dillwig. Yeah. That's it. I had, I think I had a po- Packers in the hall of fame. Did you have a poster of him in your bedroom whenever you were? Yeah. 
Growing up, I've been looking for one. I should be able to find one online. Okay, well, let's go on the other side of the ball. And if uh, I'm going to use my third one, this will be my my third and final. Wow, unless unless I uh, unless I uh, challenge it or something, and maybe no, no, that's that's a different thing. How about cooking Je Justin Jefferson? If if one of those guys goes down, is that uh, offensive juggernaut, which which should be improved this year for anything everything we've mentioned in these past uh, podcasts because, you know, happy quarterback, uh, a little bit better line, still got all these weapons, or Smith comes back, blah, 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 and and a, a new happy-go-lucky uh, coaching staff. So if one of those guys gets hurt, uh, how do we uh, – do we – are they deep enough on offense that they can survive this? Wow. I mean, there's deep and then there's losing two, two of your star players. I mean, you're yeah. talking about if they both are out, I mean, they're one. both out. Either one, Mark. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Dal Dalvin, as deep as they are at running back, that's their deepest position. As deep as they are and as qualified as Madison and Kanae are, they're still not Dalvin Cook. So it's a huge blow. Um, but I think they weather that. Um, they could, oh boy, that's a hard one. Um, Trying to decide which one they would miss more. I, you know, if they if they lost Jefferson, that 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 impacts Thielen. Thielen Thielen gets shut down, and they don't really don't have a. You know, uh, KJ is a good number three, but he's not. He wouldn't. I wouldn't want him as my number two guy. Uh, you'd have Irv Smith coming back. Um, it would be tough, you know. I but I think. Uh, you, I've, I put this offense on Dalvin. It, it, it kind of starts with Dalvin, even though even though uh, they got rid of the guy that thought that way. He's down in Kentucky Bruin, um, Stewin and Bruin. Yeah. Um, but I still think that that everything's going to feed off of what they do with Dalvin. So I, I would not want to lose Dalvin. No, yeah, nor would I want to lose Jefferson. Let's put it this way, Joe. I'm going to sum it up. They'll be screwed if they lose them both. All right. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's what I'm thinking too. You got to keep them healthy. I mean, it's interesting, you know, you don't think about it. You think, you know, the top guy goes down and it's next man up. Well, you're not going from number one to number two, you're number three or number four is coming into the mix, you know, and everybody moves up a slot, you know, and now that's easier in running backs where they, they are a little bit deeper, but I think once you start reaching down into the receivers, it drops off a little bit. KJ Absaborn's good, but I don't think he's a number two as good as Adam Thielen is. And so, you know, yeah, more coverage uh, floats over to Adam Thien and you take away your two best guys are kind of neutral, neutralized then when Jefferson's gone, Thielen's covered. So then you're depending even more on Jefferson, I mean, on uh, KJ Osborne and who's ever coming in behind him. So, yeah, it's it's a tough deal. I well, think uh, if, if if Jefferson goes down, they, they probably suffer even more maybe. I don't know. Well, let's put it this way. Um, KJ's number three on the team. Jefferson's number three in the league in my book. So, yeah. uh, and then, and I, and Dalvin, and I, you know, since you're already out of timeouts, I'll, <laughs> I'll say when healthy, Dalvin Cook is a, is a, would, uh, I have a hard time taking two backs over Dalvin Cook when healthy. Wow. That's a Mark is bullish on this offense. I love it. At least the first line of the offense. And so am I. All right, Mark, here's another one for you, which the offense depends upon. Um, uh, succinctly said, how uh, good will a Christian Derrissaw be this season? Well, I can't say anything succinctly, so I'm going to add in as a injury. 
history, but can he become the anchor of that left side of the team's been searching for since whenever Bryant McKinney, maybe um, is, you see that kind of player, Christian Jarosaw, that he can just be that solid go-to anchor they have on the left side. And they can, you know, it, it witness sit next to Cleveland is going to be protected. His blind side is going to be in good shape. And uh, what do you think? What, what are we going to get out of Darisaw this year? Well, I think I, if you want to roll the tape, I think I, I'm on record a couple of weeks back as saying I think he'll play all 17 games. So I'm way too. This is way too much positivity, right, Joe? Wow, no kidding. We're um, not going to have one injury. Why are we even talking about health? Yeah, Holy I fuck. think that. Well, the, yeah, the only injury, you know, uh, O'Connell's probably going to get a paper cut that's going to be real deep on week one, and he'll probably be nursing it well into midseason. Other than that, <laughs> we're we're okay. Uh, no, I, I think Darisaw, you know, the only question about him was, you know, can he stay healthy? So that's yeah. two, you know. Yep. Can he stay healthy? Because um, I think he's yeah, – the game's not too big for him. You, you saw it. I know it was the Lions, but that – he was thrown in the first game that last year in a week four or whatever it was. Um, you just saw a calm guy that is very well um, – the fundamentals are very – uh, established in, in him and he doesn't reach. He doesn't get off balance. He's got the perfect, like he's not top heavy, which was uh, a problem with um, Rashad was, you know, good player, you know, gave you everything you know, overachiever, but he was be kind of a top heavy, heavy leaning type guy. Um, so yeah, they need him. They, they need him to, to be there every week. And I think one of the most unsung uh, underrated players is, is Cleveland. And I think that it can be proven that Cleveland's underrated. It might be a most underrated because he's an offensive lineman that we never talk about. <laughs> we didn't talk oh, about Mark, him at all last year. Mark, his name is Cleveland. He's not. I know. That's why I like. That's why I like him. So there's got to be. If you're named Cleveland, you're just. You know, there's got to be something good about you. Uh, but no, he, you know, we don't talk. We talk about Bradbury. We talk about whoever's at right guard that's doing terrible the week before. We talk about O'Neill because he's. He's become one of the better right tackles. We talk about Darisaw because of, you know, he's, he's young and he, will he grow into this, uh, this draft pick select, but then Cleveland, it's kind of like, you know, he's just doing his job, which is what you want all your offensive linemen to do. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I, I would love to see him be that player, you know, and, and just all of a sudden you don't have to worry about the left tackle position, which we have fretted about in Minnesota for, that's going past the decades now, and so it, it it would really be. I'd, nice. I'd I'd say Riley Reef had some good had some good years yeah, here. I mean, yeah. the, the, you know, um, but not not in not in the you know not in that you never worried about him. But yeah, I yeah right. he was he was he was good for a few years uh, before he left and got the heck out of here. Well, one more then. I got one more question for you, and it's not health related, but it's kind of health related. So I can't really say this. You're going to have to talk about the health thing, but it's uh, Irv Smith who's coming off ACL that, you know, and I, you know, I, I've said before, I had, you, there was such promise with him going into last year and uh, Conklin uh, got, uh, got his, uh, all his uh, receptions last year and got a nice contract out of it. So I was very hopeful about him, but he's coming off an ACL. I don't know how, you know, bad his injury was, but they're all bad if they're you're out for the season with an ACL. So, do you think it's going to take him a little bit to get back, or has he become like uh, Adrian Peterson who comes off a torn ACL and you know almost sets a record in the league? You know, 
Well, he had a good year. Well, AP had a good year after that. But. Oh, yeah. Um, Adrian had 2,097 yards a year after. And Adrian got hurt on Christmas Day That's or Christmas right. Eve. Um, so you're talking about uh, you know, Irv got hurt in a preseason game. So he had you know, three, month, three, four months more of recovery. Um, obviously running back in an ACL. What, what Adrian did is could be one of the more amazing things that's ever been done in the NFL, right. considering where he was and, and what he did. It just, you know, that, that should be put up there in one of those, you know, you could, we could make a case. That's one of their top 10, top five, whatever greatest accomplishments, both modern medical, <laughs> modern, modern medicine and uh, an athlete, and when and putting it together, I mean that that happened he must back have in got the day. Comeback of the year, didn't he, Mark? Didn't he? What's that? Comeback. He must have got comeback player of the year that year, didn't he? Well, he got he got he got he got an award that was a little bit bigger. It was MVP. MVP, um, yeah. That's right. He didn't get both. That's right. I don't. I don't know. If, uh, he should have. Uh, I can't remember if he did or not. Um, I don't think he did. He got the MVP instead. So. And he was the last non-quarterback to get it. He might right. be. That might be a. We may not see another like. <laughs> You know, non-quarterback get it in this league, right? Uh, but no, what I'd say about Irv is, you know, Irv's going to see single coverage. You know, I, they're with if everyone this is two or three, everyone stays healthy. Joe, uh, you know, Thielen's going to get attention. Jefferson's going to get attention. Uh, Dalvin Cook's going to get attention, and then Irv Smith is going to be. You know, I don't. They're not going to double Irv Smith, and if Irv Smith, you know, returns to the, the speed that he had before. Um, you know, he's that <laughs> the seams that, that are going to open up uh, where, as people are looking more to Jefferson and probably doubling Jefferson, hoping they can put uh, someone good enough on Thielen. And then there's going to be pockets that, um, you know, Irv Smith's going to pop open. And, you know, the good thing about Kirk, if he's given time, Kirk's going to be able to find the open receiver and get the ball there if he has time. Now, if he doesn't have time, it doesn't, all that other stuff doesn't matter. So, right. um, because Kirk's not going to be the guy that's going to scramble around and buy time. It's not that player. Negative comment from Mark. Okay. Well, uh, we're going to, we're going to take a quick break now because we're, we're both out of timeouts. And so unless we go into overtime and get awarded another one, so we'll go into another segment we can get, maybe we'll be awarded one more mention of staying healthy. So come on. Let's just end it in a tie. No (laughs) overtime, just a tie. Come on back and see what exciting happenings with that at Vikings Territory Breakdown. All right, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown podcast with Mark Craig from Star Tribune. Mark, um, we're getting down on the wire here. Uh, like I probably said earlier, uh, you know, a couple of weeks here before training camp starts, you know, a week and a half maybe. It's 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 upon us. And uh you know, you and I are trading back emails back and forth. And, you know, I said, you, you mentioned there's, well, I, I guess before that, I, I, you know, I think the biggest question is, is this new staff going to be ready? They got a new general manager, a new head coach. Or this is going to be their first training camp in those positions together. And you were saying how there's some, there's some free agents out there that, uh, that some have been linked to the Vikings and, you know, maybe, uh, maybe they could help. I don't know what they have for a salary cap, but it is, uh, what can you tell me about what you've seen out there in that regard? 
Well, you know, I know they've talked about Sue and Dominican Sue. I mean, the guy's 35 years old, um, but he's still a force. And that defensive line, I'm not sold that they, you know, they got the new three man line. You know, they, they got um, uh, Harrison uh, Phillips. Drawing a blank on it. Phillips from Buffalo, who I think is going to be a real good player. Um, you know, Dalvin Tomlinson, I'm not sold on him as being this, as good as he was when he was billed when he came in. But he's, your, he's a, I guess, a solid second guy. Then Armand Watts is your third guy. He's your, he's, I don't look at Armand as a starter, but I look at him as a good quality depth guy. So I would not be surprised if they're, if they're looking at, you know, do they have enough on that defensive line? Uh, do they have enough talent on that defensive line, enough experience on that defensive line to get by? So I can understand Sue. You know, he's been uh, – there were some rumors that maybe he wasn't going to Cleveland, but there's still a possibility that the Vikings and the Raiders were thinking about him. I think he'll play somewhere. He's probably – that he's one of those guys that probably has another – he has a little bit of, little bit of you know, gas left in the tank. He's uh, So he's a guy to keep an eye on, you know. I was looking at uh, some websites where, you know, ranking the free agents still available. He's like number 72 out of a hundred for what it's worth. So I think that's probably more because of age. Uh, but, you know, we've talked about the center position, JC Treader. I feel like he's going to play somewhere this year. I, I don't know. He's a union guy. It was, he was the union, uh, the head of the union when he was in Cleveland. I don't know if that had to do with the fact that he's not on a team or if, um, if there's some health problems or, or, anything like that. But, you know, I, I just, I, I think my bold prediction last week was like, uh, you'd ask if there's a, what big name wouldn't make it. And I said, yeah, don't be so I would not be surprised if, um, if Garrett Bradbury, they get, they get in a few weeks on Garrett Bradbury and they say, you know, we don't, you know, we need something else. Um, now it would be awful late in the game to be saying that, but who, you know, yeah. stranger things happen. This guy's out there. They do have $11 million under the cap. Uh, it ranks 20th in the league right now. Uh, typically this time of year, you're not looking at where teams are under the cap, but I know they need so much to get through the season for injuries and stuff like that. So uh, I would imagine if a guy's still out there, you know, it's a possibility that, uh, you know, that they could, they would take obviously less to play. Uh, so he's a guy, you know, to, and um, in addition to Sue, uh, number eight on this list that I'm looking at is Sheldon Richardson. Uh, I think Sheldon Richardson would be a guy to bring back. Uh, I think he could, you know, he showed last year the versatility to play defensive end and hold his own in a four three. Um, I think he could have, he could have uh, the ability to play one of those tackle positions. Why isn't he on a team, Mark? Uh, it's a good question. I mean, there's guys. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is available if you want him. Uh, he's number one. I know on you list. want him back in Cleveland. You want to bring the well, you know, uh, right? Yeah, I was not an I you know was not an Odell fan, and I think he'd be horrible here. Or he'd be horrible anywhere where they're not going to win the Super Bowl because <laughs> he yeah. he's just you know if you can put him on a team that's going to have Tom Brady and win the Super Bowl, and there never be any bad times, then he's great. But uh, I wouldn't want to put him. I would not want to pair an Odell Beckham or an Antonio Brown, which they have number five on the list. I wouldn't even put him in my top hundred. I wouldn't want I would not put a, uh, a guy like that with my quarterback. If my quarterback is Kirk Cousins. I haven't had a chance to ask you about this. Speaking of this, all this Cleveland stuff, 
What about uh, what did you think of the news of Baker Mayfield going to the Panthers? Well, he'll win week one, guaranteed, because he's playing the Browns. Oh, my. my the Browns, uh, just like I told you back when you were in the survivor pool with me, and the Browns were going to go to the – everybody said the Browns were going to the Super Bowl. They're going to – they were the trendy pick. They're going to win the Super Bowl. They played the um, the Titans in week one at home. I said – you said, I'm taking the Browns at home. And I said, Joe, do not make that pick. I said, everything's leaning toward them being this juggernaut. They are going to get their asses kicked on week one at home. And the final was 33-13 to 13, Tennessee. So did, take it I from me. Why do I bring that up so you can bring that up? Because I begged you not to take them. I was like, come on, Joe. You're gonna, you have one pick. You're going to be out in week one. And you were. What are the, what are the bloody Browns are going to do? Deshaun Watson's not going to play the first week. Who's their third guy? Is Jacoby yeah. is Brissett. Yeah, they'll they'll have a they'll have a third stringer. They'll be paying like fifteen million dollars of Baker's contract. You know, infinity amount to Deshaun Watson, who will probably get suspended twelve games. Or I, I wouldn't be surprised if just Deshaun Watson gets suspended for a full year, and we're looking at him in two thousand twenty three. Um, and then you know the, the Browns get by with you know they'll pay, they'll be paying more money to quarterbacks and have like a a third string guy as their quarterback. That if that's not Cleveland in an in athletic nutshell, I don't know what is. I thought with getting uh, Kevin Stefanski down there, things are all going to change for him. Do you think this is? Uh, did it strike you as bizarre that he signed on to having Deshaun Johnson, Deshaun Watson? come in and bring that circus to town. I mean, that just doesn't sound. Well, I, I don't, I don't, that, that goes above even his pay grade that, that has owner ownership written on it is in my opinion, ownership. uh, I know the general manager, he worked closely together, but if I, you know, my guess is if Kevin Stefanski had that call to make, he wouldn't have made that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the kind of call it makes you just want to drink more Mankato beer, you know. There you go. Exactly. And certainly wouldn't have then followed it up with the guaranteed 250 or or whatever it was. Yeah. A zillion dollar you know, guaranteed. Um, mm, that's crazy. I, just, I, I, I don't see it playing out well, but uh, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Maybe they'll uh... – He'll be back sooner than we think, saving the Browns season, and and uh, you'll be talking about playoffs. And Baker Mayfield will be a distant memory, but uh, who knows? But anyway, well, that's pretty much all we got this week for Vikings territory breakdown. We got one more week before training camp starts. We'll come up with some. We'll do a little training camp preview next week and talk about uh, what what's going to happen out at TCO Performance Center when the Vikings come back to town, get all back together. It's exciting, most exciting time of the year. Hope is hope is high, hope is high, sell high for the Vikings. And uh, we'll be back with uh, Mark Craig and Mike Waldem in the background doing the production for us. But thanks for tuning in, everybody. Appreciate having you, and I appreciate all the crap I get from my buddy Mark Craig, who reminds me of all my faux pas and my my mistakes and my gambling, which is why I don't do it anymore. Mark, thanks very much because of that. Wow. Cleveland pick but anyway thank you all and we'll see you next week and until then skull